Recorded live at Toxin Tasting Studios, it's the Clerical Errors Podcast. The podcast that shows you what's behind the collar. Let's go. From the Talks and Tasting Studios, this is the Clerical Errors Podcast, the show that shows you what's, what's behind, behind the, the collar. collar. Oh, I didn't point to you. Uh, oh, darn it. Fleur, I zigged when you zag. Yeah, I'm getting uppity. <laughs> excited. Yeah. You're excited, Vicar. I yeah. like it. Right. So, uh, how's your winter been? Well, so far, so good. I, uh, everything here in Iowa is new for me as far as, you know, the weather and the climate. And, and, and so, you know, I thought we'd had a pretty hard winter. And then now I'm hearing, oh, no, this was a very mild no, winter. Mild. How was your fall? <laughs> <laughs> well, it came after and during the winter. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yep. You fell today. I did. There was uh, like, what, eight inches of snow on the ground or something. And um, so I exercised a lot of caution. I, I drove my pickup truck over to the church. So I drove two blocks thinking that like I had avoided all of the, the, the opportunity to fall down, but then it was time to walk across the parking lot over to the daycare where we go teach little children memory verses. And that short little walk, I didn't make it. I ended up, I ended up on my right side on the pavement. Now, what was interesting about that, if I could go on, is Please that, do. Oh, I'm going to. <laughs> uh, so the custodian that works here, he saw me fall down. He was only like 30 feet away. He's standing there with a snow shovel in his hand. And, and so he points over to my pickup truck and says, you might want to think about this. And it had never occurred to me. So I did. I literally got in my truck and drove across the parking lot to the daycare. And so all of the times I've tried to like make sure I was a good steward of the of my fuel bill for my truck by leaving it at home and walking every time. And now I've like driven it seven or eight times today, these little short distances, because I hit the ground on the parking lot trying to walk. Well, so so bear in mind that the drive to the church is three blocks. Yeah, at the most. Right. Right. So uh, if we used to sell one T-shirt, that would pay enough for Vicar to drive for at least three <laughs> weeks to church and back. I, I, it is a diesel truck, though. It, it, it's okay. expensive, so maybe <laughs> maybe only four days. <laughs> and I, I uh, got a sore back from moving furniture. It's uh, weird. Yeah. I couldn't lift weights years and years and years. Never hurt my back. I move furniture. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's because the equipment helps you be in the right formation. You know, right. If, I'm mindful of it. Right. And here's the thing about you know my ADHD. Yeah. I was, I was moving cars, right? Mm-hmm. So get, you have to get them out of the curse so they can plow. Yeah. And uh, and I was going to make my son do it because I knew that I was going to fall because there's one particular spot, <laughs> okay, that was very icy. Yeah. And like the average person would say, oh, I just need to be careful in that spot. Right. Not me. Like I know I'm going to either slip or fall because I won't remember. I'll be <laughs> – even if I know, like I go ahead. I need to be careful. I'll be careful. No. Okay. So I didn't fall. But I had a sore back, and I did one of those quick. Oh yeah, catch yourself from falling. Right, you have to stiffen every Man, muscle. We're old. And your show yeah, oh, it's just terrible. gotten old. I know. I yeah, my ribs are <laughs> sore right now where I landed on my arm, and I'm just bemoaning <laughs> my old. age because, like, I just know, like, 15 years ago, I could have fallen three times, and it would, I wouldn't. Nobody would. Everybody just would have pointed and laughed, right? I mean, but right. now there's this massive concern, and like the news that the vicar had fallen down went like wildfire through the small town. <laughs> the next three people I talked to today, hey, I heard you fell down. I'm, I'm not even exaggerating, like not at all. It's incredible. Well, I, I heard it on the radio. So, <laughs> so what do you got there, vicar? Ah, I have brought with me another new Glarus. Uh, this one is the called Bubbler. And so this is one of those beers that you can only buy in Wisconsin. I'm almost through my multi-pack that I got for Christmas, but I have this one left. It's called Bubbler, and it is... Well, what what kind of is, is that? It was, yeah, I'm trying to figure that out right now. Like, what is it? See, so a Bubbler remember, is... Remember, 
sorry. Remember uh, a few weeks ago when we, we mentioned that one of them tastes like circus peanuts? Oh. It's the bubbler. That's so it's the, the circus peanut one. Okay. Yeah, I'm In trying my to opinion, find it. It tastes like circus peanuts. Do you, do you know what a bubbler is in Wisconsin? Well, way. you know, I think that's a Midwest term for a drinking fountain. Yeah, that's, that's right. so weird. Like uh, they certainly don't call them that where I'm from. <laughs> All right. Well, well they're, regardless yeah, where you're from, they they're usually never mind. <laughs> <laughs> a bubbler is referred to as what they use for marijuana. Oh yeah. Okay. I've forgotten how to use this silly thing. There we go. All right. <laughs> so, and I have uh, I, I uh, uh, reached down deep into the uh, clerical airs mini fridge, and I still had a Coca Cola Starlight. Oh, this might be worth a lot of money. It's a limited edition. Yeah, yeah except nobody liked it. So <laughs> oh, I kind of liked it. It's probably what happens. They mess up at the factory. They give it a cool name. <laughs> they sell it as a limited edition. So tell us about the bubbler. Oh, uh, it's I don't find it to be circus peanut flavored, but uh, hmm. I, I feel like it's just nondescript. Like I wouldn't. I'm not going to get terribly excited about it and go hunting for it. You know, make right. sure I buy it again. I so mean, I like the glares, but. I'm going to say this. Okay. Hopefully people don't stop listening to the show. Uh-huh. Uh, Spotted Cow's okay. I don't understand like the obsessive nature of people drinking it. Yeah. Is that just me? No, I'm, I like Spotted Cow pretty good, but like, but I feel like it's like the time when somebody finally took me to an In-N-Out burger and, and uh, it had been hyped up because they didn't have any in the in state of Oregon, but they were down in California. And I was visiting California. It's like, oh, and they pull in and they, and they order and they got all these weird, like, non-menu terms they use. Like, we're going to get it animal style. And, and I didn't know what they were talking about. And then I ate it. It had been hyped up so much that, like, I was like, this is it. This is just a fast food burger. But there are people out there that wear T-shirts. So, you know, in and out burger, it's this big cultural deal. And, and for me, it was like, oh, I guess it's not a big deal to me. Um, probably one of those things, if you had the munchies, going back on my earlier theme, that yeah. it probably tastes better. Maybe that's why everyone was happy about it in Oregon, <laughs> and I'm too square <laughs> to get it. It's no zombie burger, that's for sure. No, that was I mean, really speaking good. Of, well, speaking of all that, I myself have the uh, Baja Blast, only available at Taco Bell. Oh, there you go. Because yeah. <laughs> uh, I am... I skipped lunch and then we scheduled a recording, so I just scarfed down some food real quick. Yeah, well, I'm a big Taco Bell fan. It was almost like the romantic getaway place for me and Heather when we were very young and very poor. So. Uh, make a run for the border. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we lived uh, yeah. like just a few. Remember when the, the tacos and bean burritos were like 49 cents? I recall 69 cents. I don't know about 40, but that might just be the West Coast market. The, the value menu 69, 79, 89. Yeah, uh, there was that for a while too. Oh, the good old days. Actually, it was saying that uh, I told Julie there's a. I was watching NBA basketball, which is my go-to. I'm a weirdo. Like, only not too many people like NBA basketball like I do. Yeah. So I watch it, and for some reason, they must, NBA fans must just love Taco Bell because they're all Taco Bell commercials. Huh. And I was hungry, and I told my wife, I would give up all my dietary restrictions right now if we had a Taco Bell within five minutes, and I would get whatever I wanted. I'd wolf it down right now. <laughs> Some things are just worth it, you know? <laughs> I mean, I pass that love on for my children, right? Yeah. Well, we well were... you know, and it's 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 there, right? But it's also like, you know, now that you have access to it, it's not it's like the it's not the forbidden fruit, as it most was. <laughs> right. The woman that you gave me <laughs> offered me Taco Bell. <laughs> There's I just title. miss their their yeah. <laughs> the woman I just miss their um. I miss their their fourth meal marketing. I think yeah. that was the most genius marketing they ever did. And I don't know why they stopped it. Yeah, well, and that's just, the Chihuahua was pretty clever. That Yokiero talk. Maybe about. that's part of it. Is they the genius like or the the conspiracy theory commercials that they would run? Mm. 
You'll have to Google that. Yeah. Was the, which one? Was it Shaquille O'Neal where he'd bite into the taco and it all crumble down? And, oh, he had t- taco neck syndrome. Was that Taco Bell? That might have been. Because his head was sideways because everybody has to turn their head sideways. We are still talk. content heavy right now. <laughs> yeah. Ah, uh, Taco Bell. Everybody, you guys are starving and, and I just love Taco Bell. So. <laughs> mm. the, my favorite is you get the bean burrito and then you get the jalapeno sauce on the bean burrito, the creamy jalapeno. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I always like it when they bring back the volcano menu, like, oh, the volcano burritos and the volcano tacos, but right. it's like limited edition, like we we're talking about your Coca-Cola Starlight there. And see, here's the thing. You know, I joke about Chick-fil-A, right? Yeah. It's just chicken. Yeah. It's no Taco Bell. Why? <laughs> yeah, am I wrong, Peter? Tell me I'm wrong. Uh, I think it's, it's all about the mood, right? Like, if you're in the mood for Taco Bell, you're in the mood for Taco Bell. But like, now, I will say this. That, sometimes uh, I like a good chicken sandwich, you know? Well, there you go. I will say that, like, if you need to ingest a copious amounts of protein, okay, and you just need some protein, you can go to Chick-fil-A and get their their grilled uh, chicken nuggets. Okay. You get, like, 12 of them. It's just chicken nuggets, like, grilled and just scarf down. So it's, there's no breading on them? or just No. Very, oh. Grilled chicken nuggets. Yeah, you nuggets. Can get them grilled. I didn't know that. You could just wolf down like 80 grams of protein. Wow. Well, we should probably also do that. set you back like 18 bucks, but Oh, no, yeah. no. My enjoyment of food includes the price, and so I could never enjoy that. <laughs> All right. So uh, let's. what am I preaching on, Vicar? Uh, the third Sunday after Epiphany. And I did you pick the gospel text? I, I guess uh, I don't know. Yes, I uh, my sermon that I've written is on the gospel reading. Okay, so that's gonna be Matthew eight. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you caught the humor there. Yes, I don't have my sermon written. Are you kidding oh, me? Oh no, I, I missed this. I was too busy like scrambling to try to figure out what, what it was supposed it's to be. It's not Saturday morning yet. What oh, are you talking yeah. about? <laughs> Sunday morning. Oh, Sunday makes, morning. That makes Saturday. Come on, man. Come on. <laughs> we all have our ways. All right. All right. Well, I should read it. The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, chapter 8. When Jesus came down from the mountain, great crowds followed him. And behold, a leper came to him and knelt before him, saying, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. And Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him, saying, I will be clean. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. And Jesus said to him, See that you say nothing to anyone, but go show yourself to the priest and offer the gift that Moses commanded for a proof to them. When he entered Capernaum, a centurion came forward to him, appealing to him, Lord, my servant is lying paralyzed at home, suffering terribly. And he said to him, I will come and heal him. But the centurion replied, Lord, I am not worthy to have you come under my roof, but only say the word, and my servant will be healed. For I too am a man under authority, with soldiers under me. And I say to one, Go, and he goes. And to another, Come, and he comes. And to my servant, Do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he marveled, And said to those who followed him, Truly, I tell you, with no one in Israel have I found such faith. I tell you, many will come from east and west and recline at table with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven, 
while the sons of the kingdom will be thrown into the outer darkness. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And to the centurion Jesus said, Go, let it be done for you as you have believed. And the servant was healed at that very moment. All right, there's a lot there. Yeah, it's really two two stories combined mm-hmm. is the first thing to notice. Right. Um, you have some interesting interplay with the first, uh, the man with leprosy. Yeah. Um, where uh, he, he says, show yourself to the priest and offer the gift of Moses so that um, they can see to prove that you are clean. Right. And I'm sure at that point they'll ask, well, how are you cleansed? And- right. Right. And did he tell us, did he say to tell no one? Yes. See that you say there it nothing is. to anyone, but go show yourselves. And, Interesting. And then uh, you have the centurion, uh, where one of the examples where Jesus comments on faith. Um, and uh, in typical fashion, he comments on faith of those that you wouldn't expect. Right. So what, what sticks out, Vicar, about uh, the centurion's faith? He calls Jesus Lord a few times is one of the things that sticks out. Uh, and of course, what mainly sticks out is that he believed that Jesus had the power to heal his servant uh, without coming to him, without going to the house, seeing the servant, that he could do it by the power of his word. Right. Which is incredible. Right. He I mean, that in a way that says only, that, that's a kind of healing that only really God could do. Right. You know, I mean, because... Because um, even there are some healings, obviously, only God can do. But sure. but if you're in a situation where, okay, he comes and heals, well, then that's different than, I think, healing from yeah. a distance. I mean, it, it, I think it's important to remember this is pre-internet. <laughs> True. Right? And telephones. This is re- remote healing office. pre-internet. <laughs> right. You couldn't even mail him like a special anointed healing cloth that you could buy from a televangelist. Yes. <laughs> Or uh, a clerical heiress T-shirt. Right. That would certainly heal anything. Um, no, don't say that, Vicar. <laughs> um, and so, one, you could say well, Jesus comments on his faith. Why do you think this is uh, like an epiphany season reading? Uh, because the centurion's a Gentile, and so already we see Jesus's healing power, that it's not just for the Old Testament chosen people of God, it's for everyone. It's and Jesus manifest. himself says, I tell you, many will come from east and west and recline at table. Oh, is there a line that is set up for a seminary more than <laughs> recline at table? Well, that sounds like taking communion. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to say why Ask say why I mentioned that? Uh, the, the the Last Supper, right? Is that how you, that's right, what I'm seeing? Right. It. And and uh, every uh, one for, uh, first year or second year seminary, not everyone, has... Has something that well, will you recline a table? That's a sign of fellowship, mm, right? Right. <laughs> so, um, but uh, um, you can't. You also have to remember, it's it's always good to have an example of faith, but it's also remember that at the heart of it too is still the fact that Jesus heals. Right. His faith was well placed. It wasn't faith in somebody who couldn't do it. It was faith that Jesus could do it. And right. And I would say too, is this is another example, okay? I would say, is can someone be saved by another one's faith figure? 
seems like a trick question. My immediate answer is no, of course not. Okay. Good good answer. <laughs> okay. So you're not tricking me? No. Oh, okay. No. Okay, good. But if you look at the servant, right? Right. How was he healed? Uh, through the centurion's faith. Right. Through, he prayed for him. That's yeah, he did. Right? He did. He went and asked God for something. He asked Jesus for something. So that's the same as praying. Right. So I think a lot of times we think, when we think of those who are near and dear to us and say, well, you know, let's hope something happens. It's like, mm. I mean, God hears your prayers, right? Right. He hears them. Yeah. I think uh, we get so caught up in that we forget that aspect of it. I mean, that that is... If you, if you look across the congregation and amongst God's people in general, one of the biggest hurts, one of the, one of the bigger challenges to faith is, is this aspect, is a, people think, well, I love the gospel, and I love God's word, and I, I love, love all those things. And I love the fact that, that uh, I am a child of God, and I get to be in paradise. However... There's there's a thing about faith that says too, but if it's true, I think of some of my people I love mm-hmm. who aren't in the kingdom, right? And they feel helpless. It's almost as if people might think, "I wish it were not true." Sometimes because I'd rather not be in heaven than to have my loved ones not be there, right? And that's a challenge to faith. Yeah. Um, and uh, I think to those folks, this has a lot of meaning. Like Jesus hears the prayer of the centurion on behalf, hmm. and he says, I know you can do something about this. Right. I mean, isn't that... Because every vicar will preach on a healing and say, just like he heals our body, he also... <laughs> heals our soul. Or, or uh, Just like uh, <laughs> like an unclean leper hmm. who has to go show that he is clean to the priest, so we are unclean. Right. Right? So how come we can't also include the prayer for... Lost, hmm. and to remember them, and to know that God hears those prayers. Um, and that's that's one aspect about this faith that I think is really important, because because uh, I believe Jesus when he healed uh, other healings where there are they're they're blanking out on me right now where Jesus comments on faith right here. The centurion isn't even asking for himself. Right. I want, I want you to think about that for a minute. I think that's an aspect of the faith of the centurion. It's not asking for himself. He's caring and, and asking and pleading on the behalf of someone else. There's an aspect of, of faith where it naturally shows concern even more for others than it shows for yourself. And sometimes we can make faith a very selfish thing. I'm mm. in this, so I get to go to heaven. Mm. And uh, uh, part of faith is being actually more concerned about other people than even yourself. Not saying that obviously you want to, well, and you yeah. would never want to put yourself in spiritual danger. And there is an aspect to the law that says uh, uh, that, uh, you know, in my sin, excuse me, I'm condemned. But at the same time, uh, at the heart of faith, Two is how it is reflected in love towards others, which the centurion shows. Um, and the prime example of that it would be Christ himself. Right. You know, who was he ever concerned? How often was he concerned for his own well-being? 
Oh, he put that aside. He put that aside, you know, even to be condemned by the Father and uh, for our sin. And so I think that is an aspect of the centurion's faith that Hmm. we might gloss over. You know, he, you know, we could think, well, he had faith, he had the right answer, and he got what he want, wanted. <laughs> is that how you're going to preach? Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what I'm going to preach. <laughs> and if you have enough faith, is that what you're going to say next? <laughs> <laughs> but I think part of that faith is the fact that, like Jesus, he pleaded for somebody else. Yeah. Um, how, and that's actually something you have seen a lot. And let me explain. Okay. How often have we... Uh, visited a dear Christian brother or sister in Christ, right? Yep. Who are in a very bad situation. Right. And then I asked them, do you have any repair requests? What kinds of things do you hear? They ask us to pray for the other people in our church body that are also sick. Or they, they don't pray. They don't say, please pray that I'll be healed. They pray. Oh, you know, they, they're thinking of like someone in the, and else in the congregation are, who needs their prayers. Yep. I, that, that, that should leave a mark on you. That should yeah. recognize, well, what is faith? Mm. You know, faith, it looks like in the life of the child of God of concern and care for others. Right. Uh, because ultimately, if you're in this whole, this faith thing for yourself, that is a selfish endeavor. Right. That's what salvation by works does. Right. I do works so that I get something. But the gospel opens us up to show love and compassion to others uh, because of what God has done for us. Mm. And that's that's something you can own. That's what makes Christianity different than every other religion. It's something only the gospel can truly do. Uh, to love in this way. You, you compare that to the Pharisees and many of the people that we're arguing with Jesus. What kind of questions would they ask? They would ask, what can I, must I do to right. inherit the kingdom of heaven? Right. Where's their concern? Right in themselves. Um, and they've kind of invented good works. It reminds me of the things that Martin Luther complained about in the medieval times with the, with the monks, that they invented these good works that was going to make, make the monks extra holy, and they weren't helping their neighbor. They were just doing these exercises, spiritual exercises. And Martin Luther is another wonderful example. We think of the personal revolution, uh, reformation that he went through, right? Mm-hmm. Where, uh, where the gospel is opened up to him, and all of a sudden he saw how God was pleased with him through Christ Jesus. Right. So he just stayed there, right? <laughs> no, he did a bunch of other stuff. <laughs> right? Where his concern immediately then turned right. to this message, there are people who need this. Right. Like when he was hiding in Wartburg Castle, for hiding for his life because the emperor had declared him an outlaw, he could have probably stayed hidden out there the rest of his life doing like, you know, scholarly things. Right. And why did he come back? And, you know, you usually ask me the questions, but, <laughs> but he came back because he found out things were going sideways. I'll at, be asking the questions, oh, Vicar. sorry. Oh, I shouldn't have asked. So things were going <laughs> sideways at his home congregation. And when he heard that, like, the there were people offended by the new teachings that were going on, he, after only eight months at Castle Wartburg, hiding out for his life, he left and went back to Wittenberg and uh, took back over his congregation so he could set things right for the people who were, needed him. So he put his own risk at life, or own life at risk, rather, to go help other people. All right, there you go. So, uh, but I think that's something that's often missed. 
about faith, yeah. particularly in this reading. Um, uh, because not too many people, you don't have a lot of examples in, in the Gospels of someone asking this for someone else. And when they do, that's when Jesus yeah. usually comments on it's their faith. It's a pretty big deal. I'm trying to remember the story of Jairus's daughter. Now, wasn't some that was a fellow that was asking for healing for his daughter, was it not? Uh, yeah, you can look it up. Well, I could, I suppose. Oh, it's kind of long. Oof. All right, Peter, take that all out. Let's. We need to move on. Okay, we won't do that part. You got it. <clears throat> no, Jairus's daughter. All right, so, Vicar. One thing that I kind of have fun with, and I, I think it's very interesting, about you... Uh-oh. ...is this. Is uh, you are still learning the culture of the Lutheran Church, Missouri City. Wouldn't you say? Oh, yeah. That's... I still get surprised every now and right. then. Right. Because, for, for example... Uh, there are hymns where where you're not sure, like, is this a standard Lutheran hymn? Right. Or, or I might say, well, yeah, you don't know that one? Like, yeah, you do that to me a lot. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and that's probably a blind spot on me. Oh. But but uh, there's lots of things you are still learning, right? Definitely. Yep. It's not a hindrance, really. Um, I, I, do, I did say that maybe you want to take a, a, a hymnody <laughs> class at the summary. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, am, I, am I oversharing, Vicar? No, you're fine. I'm just, I'm just thinking like I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> well, for a nominal fee, I can not put that in a report. Oh, that's right. Oh, that would be... Yeah, I guess you do kind of have my fate in your hands. <laughs> <laughs> think of that when I'm looking and I think you could do another rep at the Wellness Center. Yeah, that's true. I better pick so, it out. So one thing I, I was guessing you probably don't know much about is is a synod convention yeah i have not been to one of those and i know so little about it that i kind of want to go which everyone tells me is like no no that's silly <laughs> yeah, it's good to go yeah well it seems interesting yeah i mean it's not that far you could just go and just hang out oh i don't know where it is this time it's in milwaukee oh okay that's not far five <laughs> hours you get there in five and a half hours <laughs> go on a miller tour Boy, that Miller Brewery is gonna tour is gonna be packed. <laughs> All those Lutherans. Oh, the Lutherans, yeah. <laughs> so, here's my thing. All right, because of this, every convention has a theme. Okay. All right, and I have in my hand. And look, I even hand wrote them. They're handwritten. I have a list of convention themes of years past. Okay. Okay, and this is a game on a play. Um, I am going to list a theme and you tell me if it's a real theme, a fake theme, or a theme generated by AI. <laughs> What's the difference between fake and generated by AI? <laughs> uh, one that I, a fake oh. one of my own creation. Okay. A human fake or a computer fake. <laughs> and then you can rate this theme. Now I'm, I have two different things, so I don't want you to try and guess by where I'm looking. Okay. Because I'll, I'll hide it under the table. <clears throat> now, I'll, I want to ask one thing, too, here. Um, how far back do these themes go? What year? Um, I went back to the 80s. Okay. Can we do one more addition? If it's a real <laughs> theme, can we guess what year? Do you have the years? Uh, I believe I do have the years. <laughs> Let me, yeah. That might be fun, too. Man, I'm going to be a fish out of water here. <laughs> <laughs> like... 
Here, here, Peter. Let me, uh, I will send it to you so you can keep track of the years for me. So, so, uh, if you think it's real, if we decide that it's real, and then you get to decide whether, what, you can guess what year it is. Okay. And then I'm going to guess years that there weren't even conventions, because I think they're only every three years? Every it? three years. Okay. But Except I know this year, it's every four year. We skipped one because of COVID. We skipped right? a year. So you got this? Oh, I think so. We'll find out. Okay, is this a real theme, a fake theme by me, or a theme created by AI? Okay. All right. First one. One people forgiven. I mean, that sounds real to me. That would be a, a decent theme. So I'll say that one's real. That is real. Oh, thank goodness. That seems like a good one. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what What year? What year? Oh, let's see. When would we have been talking about that in the Senate? Uh, yeah, in the Senate. It would have been probably, well, all of these are post-1974, I take it, when maybe we wanted to stress uh, the I unity. I think so. I think. Okay. Well, we'll we can give you a hint that this is in the 2000s. Oh, you think that one's in the 2000s? It he, is. he has a list. Oh, you've got the list. Oh, no. Okay, I'm the only one that doesn't know anything. Uh, okay, like, <laughs> I don't remember the years that we have these. I'll say 2010 without any idea if that's like. A year that had a You convention. nailed it. Oh, really? nailed it. Look at you. <laughs> Look at you. <laughs> that was because it was sort of no. halfway between the 2000 and now. This will be perfect because, let me tell you why. If you can nail these, do you know how you can impress a district president by saying, oh, this reminds me of the Senate <laughs> convention in 2010, one people forgiven? Yeah, especially if like he was the guy who came up with that right? idea or something like that. Right. <laughs> that was Harrison's first convention. Oh, Okay. All right, you ready for another one? Sure. A mighty fortress is our God. It's so on the nose that I'm going to go the other direction and say that one's fake, but I think that's a Bullhagen fake, not an AI fake. You are on fire. <laughs> you are on fire. Well, I don't have to guess the year of the one that didn't have a year, do I? <laughs> no. Yeah, I came up with that uh, about uh, 45 minutes ago. Okay, yeah, two on the nose, two because it sounds two like it would be okay. But, all right. All right. One message, Christ. I don't think that's a real one. So that's my first part of the guess. I'm going to say it's fake. I'm going to say that that's an AI's attempt at being human. Peter? That one's real. Oh, <laughs> I don't like that one, I guess. All right. From Now, the, the 2010 was yeah. one people forgiven. One message, Christ. Christ. Earlier, I'm going to say, so 2000... Four. Almost. Uh, 2007. Darn it. I went back one too many. before. <laughs> All right. You ready for another one? Sure. All right. Rooted in faith, reaching for the future, embracing tradition and innovation in Lutheranism. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I think I smell an AI. Because <laughs> an AI wouldn't have any idea to shut up, right? <laughs> I don't know. I kind of like that one. It has a ring to it. <laughs> What would the acronym be for that one? I don't know. I'm trying to figure out what article that is. <laughs> article 29 of the Augsburg Confession. All right. I got I to gotta get the next one ready here. <laughs> grace upon grace, embracing God's love and mercy in our lives and communities. I'm going to say fake because I don't think the message or this, the saying grace upon grace brings to my mind something about loving your neighbor and community and stuff like that. So it seems disjointed. So because I think it's disjointed, I'm going to say it's a fake. So I think it's an AI fake again. It is an AI fake. Okay. Too disjointed. That's what's wrong with it. 
All right. Sent forth by God's blessing. Okay, I'm just going to say a Bullhagen fake. It's almost good enough to be real, but it still doesn't quite hit for me to be a real one, so I'll say it's a Bullhagen fake. That one's real. That one's no. real. <laughs> that one's real. <laughs> I'm going to get kicked out of a convention before I ever go. Well, All right, what year? What year is that? What year? Okay, say it again. What's it say? Uh, sent forth by God's blessing. And this one is pre, pre-2001. pre uh, So he said 80s. So it would be uh, 81, 83, 86, 89, 92, 95, 98. 92. Close, 95. Okay. 95. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, do you like that one, Bullhagen? Is that one that you think is a good convention theme? Uh, Sent forth by God's blessing. That that uh, that's from a hymn. It's a hymn. Oh, see, so they I probably had a theme okay. hymn. Okay, I wouldn't have caught that, of course. So, okay. All right. All right. Real fake AI. Stand fast, but do not stand still. <laughs> <laughs> Holy smokes! Um, uh, it's fake, but I think it's. I think it's not AI. I think it's just fake. That is actually real. No. Yes, that <laughs> is real. Stand fast, but do not stand still. Yeah. Ah, oh, the equivocation. That, that is almost, that's even, that's like, sounds like bad AI, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's got that clever turn of phrase that you might hear in like a country and Western song. But... <laughs> <laughs> this, this date's going to be unguessable. That was a 62. That was 62. Oh, okay. Stand. Oh, man. So was that, the, that's how they did it? They'd have an equivocation in the, in the title. <laughs> <laughs> All right. One faith, baptism. No. <laughs> that's, I'm pretty sure that's an AI fake because that really doesn't make any sense to me. That was my fake. Oh, okay. You uh, you impersonated. What would it be like in computerinated? You in computerinated, not impersonated. <laughs> You're partially right. <laughs> I mean, were you trying to sound like the AI? Because that's what I get. Is that you tried to sound? Well, like I the was. AI. I was going on the the one because we've done one message. people one oh, message. Yeah, yeah. Right. Isn't there like a reggae song that goes kind of like that? <laughs> Everything's gonna be alright. <laughs> all right. Uh one love. That's what I'm trying to tell. It's not reggae. One mission ablaze. <laughs> okay. I know that Ablaze was a was a real program. It was kind of a church growth movement, or at least it was criticized for being a church growth movement, and they were trying to like because my buddies that have been Lutheran from birth at the seminary, they've been telling me about the Ablaze program, and they considered it an atrocity of filling out paperwork. Everybody's supposed to invite their neighbor to church, and they were going to collect all the numbers on a web app or something. Yeah, there's a web counter, like how many connections we've yeah. made. Yeah, and, and it's interesting. Like, I don't – sometimes I think you got to try things, and so I I don't know that I am – as uh, as super opposed to it as as my friends were, even though I wasn't around when that well, was a see, thing. Well, see, Lutherans are an interesting group, right? Oh yeah, because uh, we obviously talk about you know telling and inviting 
and uh, speaking the word of God in truth. Right. Right. But then as soon as you get a little organized, mm-hmm. then people get, ah. <laughs> and we, we find reasons why it's not, why it should be organized this way or right. that way. Turns or into a committee ha- exercise. <laughs> right. Right. The, yeah, we're a funny group. Yeah. A program of the evangelism committee. <laughs> like, uh, so at least the phrase I know, ablaze, is is for real. So I'm going to say that that's a, that is a true synod uh, theme. Okay. Is it in fact? I don't know. I just. It is. It is. In fact, it is. Okay. It is in fact. So, and was, which came first, I suppose, the program or the synod convention title? Um, well, you have to, you use a, you the to theme to sell. To sell the program. Right. So to speak. Okay. So it came first. There was a theme to a convention and then rolled out the, uh, the program, I guess. Okay. And yes. so that had to, with, mm, late nineties, I think nine ninety seven. did we already use that one? No, 98. I mean. Is that what it was? So in that frame, it's, it'd be 92, 95, 98, 01, 04, 07, which you already got 07. Oh, God, my friends are younger than me, though, so I'm going to have to bump that a few times. I'm going to say it was 2001, then. 2004. Uh, 2004. 2004, yeah, okay. All right. Let me see here. Let's do one more. I got I got a whole thing, though. <laughs> United in Christ, strengthen our faith through, the fe- through fellowship and service. Sounds AI generated to me. Yep, that's AI generated. Okay, because I don't feel like that's how we strengthen our faith. We'd use word and sacrament. Like if we were gonna try to be trite, we would, yeah, go ahead. Should we do? I got a few more. Should we do rapid fire? Do rapid fire. Just uh, just say uh, true or false, real or fake, <laughs> real or fake, real that's or fake. And I, and I won't do any more AI. Okay, and I'll skip the years. I think because I mean. Yep. Just do real or fake. Okay. All right. Uh, the kingdom is at hand. Repent. <laughs> fake. Fake. It's, uh, it's too good. <laughs> upon this rock. Well, that sounds real to me. That is real. Uh, it only takes a spark. Oh, gosh, that sounds real. Fake. Ah. <laughs> Does he know that song? No. <laughs> I, know, I know this little light of mine. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to give you the words. If I sang the song, then you would realize. Maybe you, I'm sure you've had her. Oh, song. okay. Maybe I do. Sometimes I just. Because maybe you, you just haven't Lutheran long enough to know that the bad songs that are in our history. <laughs> it only takes a spark to get a fire going. And soon all those around can warm up in its glowing. Wow. That's how it is with God's love. Once you've experienced it, it it's fresh like spring. I want to pass it on. Wow. Although it would make sense. Our listener who makes songs, (laughs) you know what to do. But Riley. don't start it until you get your T-shirt. Come on, Riley. You got to do it. <laughs> All right. All right. Um, where are we at? Alive in Christ. Oh, that sounds real. That is real. Walking together with him. Real. Fake. Oh, see what the whole synod means? Walking together? Come on. Uh, that's a, gotcha. You got Blessed me. in his name. Okay, that's real. Fake. Duh. Just him, National Convention. <laughs> If it's not LCMS, it might be real, but but no, it's not an LCMS one. <laughs> All right. Uh, Just him. With boldness, tell what he, both capitalized, has done. We had a saying like that 
at the seminary posted for a while. So I'm going to say that one's real. That one is real. Okay. Is it recent? Uh, I know we weren't going to do the years, but 89. 89. Oh, no. Long time ago. Okay. Ever only all for thee. Ever only all. Okay. It sounds like a hymn, so I'm going to say it's real. It is real. Okay. Is it a hymn? Yes. (laughs) Uh, Let us ever walk with Jesus. I believe it's from that one. Okay. Uh, Joyfully Lutheran. Repent, confess, rejoice. The joyfully Lutheran part I recognize as a slogan of the LCMS. The rest of it I'm not familiar with, but I'll have to guess real. That is real. Okay. It's the, also really spelled wrong. Is it? It's like poorly written. Oh, oh like joy the, colon right. fully with a capital F. Right. right. So they're making a plan words that were joyfully Lutheran and fully Lutheran. Oh, right. But yeah. it's also joy colon fully Lutheran colon rejoice pray <laughs> give thanks. <laughs> Well, I, I would rather if you have need, if you need two colons <laughs> in your in your title, you it's not a great title. <laughs> There's so right. much BS that we need two colons. <laughs> no, I actually yeah. like that one to be fair. All right. Um let's see where I'm at. Not to the ends of the earth. I like it, so I'll say real. That is real. Forward in remembrance. I'll say real again because I like that one too. That is real. Okay. Really? That's the same much. Well, because remembrance is looking back, and so motion forward, so it's poetic, forward in remembrance. I don't I like the uh-huh. I like the twist to it. Okay. <laughs> um, in God We Trust. <laughs> no, I'm going to say that one's fake. I've seen it before somewhere, though. I <laughs> and uh, did I do uh, Him We Proclaim? Mm-mm. Well, that's terrible grammar, so I hope it's fake. I'm it's real. Ah, uh, <laughs> all right. So it's like Yoda speak. <laughs> I don't know. That was fun though. Yeah, that was a really good idea. That was fun, and I was really intimidated at first because I was going to be wrong, and everybody's going to know that sometimes I'm wrong. And I thought, Whoa, man, people are going to be so upset. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought I am. I'm a little disappointed in the AI. Oh, because it was such a word salad. Right, that it had to be fake. I was kind of hoping. That the AI would, like, do better ones <laughs> than the real ones. <laughs> right. Yeah. Especially when you think of, like, how much money goes into a convention theme and logos. and You know, I put on a conventions for a professional organization that I was a member of uh, amongst engineering. And really, like, it was mostly me coming up with this stuff and, and like, two other people. I mean, it's kind of sometimes when you find out what's, what sausage is made out of, you just find out it's just couple of guys thinking of stuff okay so what were some of your inter- uh, engineering themes do you remember any oh of them? gosh let's see can i even think it? no because they're probably not terribly memorable you know i don't know i'm not gonna be able to think of any oh. right now they weren't that memorable uh do you want to do a reddit question there's one i had in mind actually peter <laughs> play the intro confound the clerics that's kind of funny. I was probably supposed to be doing something else, um, church work related. And when I get frustrated, I look at Reddit instead. <laughs> so I like to look at the questions that pop up on the LCMS subreddit. And I came across this article, this posting rather, person that posted, how do you deal with loved ones who died without knowing Christ? And it's fairly long. The person states, I don't think I can call myself Lutheran on this subreddit because I have yet to agree with the Augsburg Confession number 17, which states that Lutherans teach that the consummation of the, uh, at the consummation of the world, Christ will appear for judgment and will raise up all the dead 
He will give to the godly and the elect eternal life and everlasting joys. But ungodly men and the devils he will condemn to be tormented without end. And they don't believe that's true, the person that posted this. I should say he or she because I hate saying they. So I'll say he just because I don't know. So he currently thinks that unbelievers are going to be tormented, but then be annihilated. They'll be destroyed at the end of time. And then he gives bullet points as to why, uh, why he thinks that. Number one, in Genesis, death is the consequence of the fall. Number two, in John 3.16, whoever believes in Christ shall not perish. In John 11, Christ contrasts believers and non-believers to life and death. And point number four, in Romans 6.23, the wages of sin is death. So I think what I see here is that the person thinks that since the wages of sin is death, that last one in particular, that they're equating that to with like annihilation. Like when you sin and you die and you're not a believer, you just sort of evaporate in contrast to those of us that are believers that go on living. Right. So I think that's where they're – one of the reasons that, that they're making that okay. jump. Um, and then this is where it caught my attention a lot. Uh, fellow Christian friends who challenge his view usually quote revelation that does mention eternal torment in hell. But then the author says, but revelations antilegomena. In other words, it was a book of the Bible that was disputed historically as to whether or not it belonged in the canon. And so because of that, the author of this post says it's not uh, clear enough to form doctrine from. Those of you who believe in eternal torment for unbelievers, but you have loved ones that have died before they knew Christ, how do you feel about uh, the belief that they are now subject to torment without end? And so they, then they tag on at the end, also a concern for aborted or miscarried babies who, of course, didn't have a chance to hear the gospel. Okay. So that's... That's like very Before you look at the answers, okay. Uh, what they say, what what are, have you read the answers? I haven't, but I've I read some, but it was a lot of times it was people asking questions back to the author, like, well, what do you mean by this? What do you mean by that? Mm-hmm. So, I think uh, we just read in our gospel reading something that might address this. Yes, we did. What does it say? While the sons of the kingdom will be thrown into the outer darkness, in that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Okay. That might suggest a judgment. It does. So, um, and we would, we would say Matthew is certainly God's word. Yes, of course. And uh, I, I, I can see how we understand some of these things, how uh, John 3.16 that in faith you will not perish. Right. Um, but uh, there's enough teaching in Scripture from Jesus' own words. Right. And, uh, and, and words of judgment that it obviously, I think, teaches heaven and hell. It does. And I, I actually would challenge, like, even... I mean, I think that's the first thing to say. Let me agree with that wholeheartedly. Jesus' own words talk about the eternal nature of hell, but, but also just the philosophical notion of what does it even mean to stop existing? Like there's no person can possibly conceive of stopping existing. I know and it, maybe that's silly, but it comes to mind. Right. Um, I, I would say, I would put it this way. I think I want to address it just from, 
from what's kind of behind this, okay? Um, there is, and we've talked actually talked about this earlier at the very beginning of the podcast, um, where I talked about how one of the struggles that people have of life and salvation is the other side, where where uh, the centurion prayed for his servant, and uh, it's hard to think of our loved ones, particularly, and others uh, being suffering right right and 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 I, I want to address that for a certain point okay um first of all um to remember that uh god is just right and to remember that god is more loving than any of us are true and he knows what's best we have to go by his word. And uh, we also tend to think, when we think of, of uh, have a pessimistic view of the kingdom of heaven. And I think we talked about this before, where we, it's almost like we keep the, think of the kingdom of heaven as a consolation prize. <laughs> remember that discussion? I do remember that. Where, um, where so few make it, Mm. Everything else is condemned to hell and judgment. Only a, a very few make it, and uh, you know everything's condemned. Well, at least there's this, this the small group who are saved, right? I think you're underestimating the the glory of the kingdom of heaven, right? I think people accidentally see it also as a place of limits, like this has been removed and that's been removed, and they think of it in terms of like what won't be there rather than that God has something better for us planned, better than we even know to want. Right. And, and you could also say that uh, the earliest of Christians understood these aspects too, like the Athanasian Creed. Do you remember how that ends? <laughs> That's a trick question. You can look at it. I'm looking. All right. So I want to address, first of all, we trust in God's word and what his word says. Second of all, I understand that there are struggles with accepting this fact, right? But at the same time, God's word is what God's word is. And you have the... I have it. My answer's clunky. Oh, okay. Well, let me do this part first. Then the Athanasian Creed, uh, the final few parts to it at his coming all people will rise again with their bodies and give an account concerning their own deeds and those who have done good will enter into eternal life and those who have done evil into eternal fire this is the catholic faith whoever does not believe it faithfully and firmly cannot be saved they certainly understood it back then right um now you might say well that's works righteousness no because the only way god can be pleased is through faith. Right. So, um, so I would, I would say, I understand like the struggle he's going through because I think every Christian worries about this. Absolutely. Right. Oh yeah, I do. And, uh, but yet, um, the very nature of faith is struggle. Hmm. Let me explain that. Um, faith says, that there is a will and an understanding beyond our own that we we expe- accept, even if 
goes beyond our own our, our own reason and understanding. Right. So when Jesus teaches us to pray, thy will be done, we're saying there is a will beyond mine that God knows and understands that we trust. Right. And to me, this falls in that category. He knows. He knows what's in people's hearts. He knows the faith. He knows the nature of judgment. He knows the nature of salvation. I'm going to trust in his will. And the reason why we we use God's word and have God's word is we recognize that there are things in the Bible that I'm not going to like. Right. All over the place. That I follow because it's God's word. That is the nature of faith. What's happened nowadays is people have their own opinions about how things should be, and they find a church that is in line with what they believe. Right. Rather than allowing God's word to shape those things. Um, I'll, I'll give an example. For example, the closed communion. Okay. Do I like that? <laughs> Would it, make, would it make my life easier if it didn't exist? Yeah, it'd be easier. Right. Well, but would it would cheapen the Lord's Supper? Probably. Right? So what do I do? Well, this is what I believe God's Word says about the Lord's Supper, right. about taking it in faith, examining yourself, and uh, coming together with a common faith and belief. Um, but So that's not left for me to decide. When it comes to this issue, it's not left for me to decide. It's left for me to hear God's word, trust in him, trust in a God who is more gracious than me, and take the word at face value and show why on earth would Jesus send us to all nations. Right. So that more people can be saved. So so use that and, and think of all the people who died— for the sake of this message. Think of the apostles themselves. Right. How they were willing to suffer and die in all sorts of ways. And how many martyrs there are suffering and dying. Because there is an urgency. There is an urgency to all of this. There is a heaven and hell that the church has been fighting for, that John the Baptist has been fighting for, the apostles were fighting for, that the prophets were fighting for, all along the way. And... And that's what we we live by. Hmm. And we remember that at the heart of faith is realizing that there are challenges to it. That I am going to personally struggle with certain things that God's word says. Right. But it is God's word. And my will, my understanding conforms to that. So to me, that's kind of... He doesn't say it, but I'm. That's how I would say I would. I want to answer, and that's how I kind of think sometimes. Answer what's behind some of that. Yeah, and that's what I'm trying to do here. I try and get at the root of the issue, and I think that's probably the root of the issue. It doesn't. I doubt that that um, uh, he would be convinced if this worked on the table, meaning a quest, a personal struggle with what God's word says about it. If he didn't have that, it would You're be right. really easy to convince him of the reality of hell. Right. So with that understanding, we then go back a step. What is it at the heart of the issue that's leading him that direction or her? Right. 
and so so that's and I think that's a reason why that's a good answer in this kind of a question is um, if you want to convince someone of this vicar um, it's really helpful if you show the human aspect like me as a if you're talking to someone this is kind mm-hmm. of behind the collar moment okay teaching vicar moment it's okay to have times where you're vulnerable in answering the question like there are things that I myself struggle with God's word but it's God's word right and the problem isn't God's word the problem is me um because uh um when it comes to a lot of those things I think that really helps people kind of grasp onto that and understand the pastor a little bit too because a lot of times uh the talk about challenging is standing by a doctrine of God's word even when it makes you heartache. Right. When it gives you struggle. And people think, oh, the pastor doesn't struggle with this. He thinks this is great or cool or awesome. Yeah. No, we hurt along with everyone else. <laughs> right. But it's God's word. And as a pastor, we answer to God's word. And uh, even if there are challenges and struggles all along the way. Because God's will is greater than our own. Well, what is his good and gracious will? <laughs> I know what you're getting at. <laughs> Small catechism, article three. Uh, that, is, that is the Lord's Prayer. Yeah. That yeah, will be yeah. done. I meant petition. Yeah, three. Oh. I said article, I meant petition. <laughs> yeah. The good and gracious will of God is done even when he without breaks. Our prayer. Oh, yeah. When he breaks. When he breaks. And hinders, and hinders every, evil, every plan, evil plan of the, the devil, devil, the world, and our sinful flesh. Which do not want, want us his, to hollow, hollow his name or let his kingdom come. Right. <laughs> I'm probably supposed to know it better than that. It's a long day, Vicar. <laughs> it is a long day. It's a long day. So, yeah, what do you think about that answer, Vicar? That's I mean, a very good answer because it gets to what the person's probably feeling in their heart rather than the intellectual barrier they've erected to protect the the hurting heart. And and that's that's the kind of thing that you you kind of have to discern is when you're a pastor. Hmm. Is not just answering the question say no because you want them to understand and you want them to be able to latch on to it. Right. So not just say no. Right, let's it's have an pretty clear that heaven's that hell's real. Mm-hmm. You know, move on. You got to address the stumbling block aspect of it sometimes. Right. And the way I address is one way that you do it. Yeah, um, I like it. So, well, I think that is a good way to end this show. I think so. All right. Uh, thank you for listening. I'm Bullhagen. This is Vicar. And may your theme be real. Thank you for joining us. This podcast is available on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Questions, thoughts, concerns? You can contact us on Facebook at facebook.com slash podcast, on Twitter at clericalheirsp for podcast, or email us at feedback at clericalheirs.org. Thanks for listening to Clerical Heirs. See you next time.